Tim Keown, I got to admit that I didn't really expect to care about Summer League this year. And then Chet Holmgren landed. And how would you describe what you saw? What I saw was all the best things people have told me about him coming to light on one night on one court. Holmgren up top and down. High flyer, two-handed. It just seemed like a 48-minute validation of this guy as a potential NBA star. Step back block by Holmgren. That's what he does. Now he runs a floor like a guard, dishes off. Down low, inside and one. The bucket counted. Jalen Williams. 23 points, seven rebounds, six blocks, four assists, four of six from three. I mean, those numbers are impressive, but the actual visual reality of watching this <laughs> yes. skinny, tall, seven foot, not even 200 pound guy, just dominating every aspect of the game, handling the ball, step back threes. Pass, pass situation. Uh-oh. Confident. The three, the second free ball by the number two pick. And I think you have to find an answer for the unicorn. Creating off the dribble, blocking shots. Oh, and just for good measure, oh, there's Dirk. Holmgren, one-on-one against Law. Takes the bump, now the what? jumper pulls the string. See, that's incredible for a guy that's is in the 180 category, 190 category, to feel the pressure, take the bump, and then step back with control and hit the jumper. Oh, the ghost of Dirk <laughs> inhabited the body, the, the beanpole structural engineering problem body of Chet Holmgren. You know, he never seems to be impressed with himself. I mean, he's got a pretty big ego. He's borderline cocky, but the way he plays is like, okay, you all might be surprised, but I'm not. Right, it's like watching someone reveal a secret that he has known this entire time. Exactly, and and doesn't understand why everyone else doesn't get it yet. Summer League glory can be a mirage. It is worth admitting that right up front here. These games are full of rookies who've never played pro basketball and also guys fighting for roster spots. Players who desperately need minutes, in other words. But in Summer League history, I can't think of a top pick who has looked more promising and more confusing than Chet Holmgren. A seven-foot hallucination, taken number two overall, who is... 50 pounds lighter than Kevin Durant. So today, Tim Kewen tells us the origin story of the do-everything 20-year-old stretching the NBA's imagination and possibly the template for what a star can be. I'm Pablo Torre. It is Monday, July 11th. This is ESPN Daily. Tim Kuhn, you reported an in-depth profile of Chen Holmgren, and it feels incumbent upon us to start the way everybody starts with him, which is just by describing how he is built. Well, Pablo, I would start by saying that he looks like if he put his hands over his head, he could probably shower in a garden hose. (laughs) Um, He's kind of like a human coat hanger. He's got this seven foot, six inch wingspan. He's got this incredibly skinny body. The arms are like gasoline hoses. There's just this whole 
thing about him that it doesn't look like it fits together. Like this body looks like a puppet or something. Yeah, Tim, he's a body that we've just never seen flourish in the NBA before. Yeah, because there are a lot of bodies that look a lot different than his that can throw that kind of body all over the court, presumably. You know, I mean, you've got big, strong men in the NBA and and uh, when you're seven feet tall, at some point you're going to have to go inside. One of the things when your name comes up is strength. Are you at all concerned about your strength? No, I'm not questioning it. <laughs> I love that. What gives you so much confidence? Uh, the work that I put in. Uh, you know, I know how much preparation I put in. Uh, and, you know, I know what I'm working on. Uh, and I know how it'll translate. So uh, that's what gives me confidence. Obviously, there's been some hesitance on the part of NBA people. Like, can this work? We knew this with, with, with Chet Holmgren that... You know, the biggest concern was durability, and, you know, he's got to put more weight on to actually look like he can handle that work he's going to get in the low post, being an NBA player. He's just fascinating because there's so many aspects to this. I mean, he was never brought up to be a back-to-the-basket basketball player. They played him as a point guard when he was a six-foot-nine ninth grader in mm. AAU ball. There was sort of this European idea, like, let's play this positionless basketball. And gosh, talk about the ultimate test of that is this <laughs> seven foot, 190 pound guy. Like, let's see if if he can play all over the court and handle the ball and run. And yeah, let's see if the inflatable tube guy outside of the car dealership <laughs> can play point guard and be the future of the NBA. <laughs> Tim, I do want to ask, you know, I, I admit an insulting question here, which is, does Chet Holmgren eat? Like, what's the deal? Well, you know, I talked to both of his parents and, uh, you know, they, they have a pretty good sized pantry in their house and it looked pretty full. And they, they say that all he does is eat. <laughs> and together, when you see his father, David Holmgren, he is the exact same guy, except he's got a ponytail and he's 56 years old. Wait, wait. <laughs> sorry, I'm still stuck on <laughs> ponytail 56-year-old Chet Holmgren, but proceed. <laughs> and he's, you know, he's seven feet tall. He might be 190 pounds. He's just the same guy, you know? And that's why, you know, when all the talk about whether Chet, oh, well, if he gains 35 pounds, I mean, I, I'm not sure. I think if you look at the dad, you think that, that it's going to be a, uphill battle just to put any weight on because, you know, age did not change David Holmgren, <laughs> and we don't know whether it will change Chet either. So you visited the Holmgrens at their house in Minneapolis, St. Paul, Tim. You saw their pantry, as you just said. But what did Chet look like when he started playing basketball there growing up? Well, the story begins with an eight-year-old Chet Holmgren who may or may not have been wearing cargo shorts to his first AAU practice. We're going to we're going to go with yes that he was just for the sake of the story. Can't imagine him not at this point. Yeah. <laughs> so he shows up and and you know he's playing with Jalen Suggs and all these there were eight division 1 athletes on this one AAU team. Just an incredible talent-filled team. And the first day he practiced, you know, he shows up and as Larry Suggs told me, imagine 
like your worst basketball playing buddy from third grade, and that's what you got. <laughs> Airballing layups, couldn't dribble, couldn't do anything. So Larry's probably about to give up on this kid thinking, who recommended this guy? Because I've got all these third graders who are playing and beating sixth and seventh graders, and I don't see a spot for this guy. Well, then he looks and he sees in the doorway this giant stick figure taking up the whole the whole doorway, you know, having to duck to get in the gym. And it's David Holmgren. And immediately when he sees that, this seven-foot dad, he thinks a little bit differently about this worst third grader he's ever seen. Mm. After this practice, Larry Sugg says, hey, you know, do you think you can play with these guys? And eight-year-old Chet Holmgren, cargo shorts and all, says... No, <laughs> but I want to. That started things. It was like, okay, well, if you have the desire, we will teach you to be as good as you can be. When did David begin to notice that there was an NBA in his son's future? He started seeing things maybe a little earlier than some. I mean, he said in, you know, fifth grade, he could see that he was able to do things that guards could do. Um, and he knew that he was going to grow to be somewhere around seven feet. It just seemed obvious that that was going to happen. Everything really took off both literally and figuratively for Chet Holmgren when he was in between eighth and ninth grade. Uh, he went from 6'2 to 6'10 in a year, mm. which seems unfathomable on its face. Yeah, almost impossible or at least sort of uh, dangerous, almost. And then when you sort of break it down into smaller increments and realize that this kid was growing an inch every six weeks, Damn. I mean, that that's crazy. It's almost like the corn in Iowa. You know, you could watch it happen. <laughs> that obviously came with other issues about how his body could handle that and whether he could take the pounding of basketball all the time. And he had to take a couple breaks because of just pain in his legs. But they got him with physical therapists. You know, this is the modern age. They turned to science and they worked on him with stretching and plyometric strength and balance during the times when he was growing. And it sort of offset the normal wear and tear and pain that comes with such a remarkable growth spurt. So, Tim, I'm visualizing the rise of Chet Holmgren, and there's this one detail that is still sticking in my brain, which is that his coach is Larry Suggs, who happens to be the father of Jalen Suggs, who happens to be the point guard of the Orlando Magic, which happens to be the team that passed on Chet Holmgren, which we'll talk about in a bit here. But they took Jalen number five overall last year out of Gonzaga. And so where does Jalen Suggs fit into the story of Chet Holmgren? Well, Pablo, I think that the easiest way to explain that is that from the time that Chet Holmgren joined this team sizzle, as they call themselves in uh, Minneapolis, St. Paul, Jalen was always kind of his mentor. He was a year ahead of him in school and, and he was a phenomenal athlete in everything. And he would always play one-on-one -on -one with Chet after practice. He would always be the one that kind of pushed him. Toward the end of Chet Holmgren's eighth grade year, Larry Suggs. Now, remember, this is the same Larry Suggs who saw that cargo short wearing kid airball layups just five years before. He started telling people when Chet Holmgren was an eighth grader, this is going to be the number one pick in the NBA draft. 
And David Holmgren told me, he said, Jalen's had as much to do with Chet's development as anybody. Part of that is not just from a basketball sense, but just from a belonging sense that Chet walked in to this practice and this team of established kids and and kids even in third grade can be very territorial and judgmental. And, you know, as, as David said, Jalen could have looked at him and said, what's this geeky white kid doing in here? But that didn't happen. They went to the same high school, this Minnehaha Academy, and he helped create this guy we see now. Coming up, how that geeky white kid from Minnesota feels about the massive expectations on his very small shoulders. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home some huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. So what are the demographics, Tim, of the place where Chet grew up? Because he is this unavoidably conspicuous white kid playing basketball in a community whose demographics resemble what? Well, Pablo, it's it's interesting because the home that he lives in is a massive 6,600 square foot, beautiful, what I would say is a mansion, Mm. about four blocks from downtown Minneapolis. And it's kind of a mixed neighborhood. Like next door, there's an apartment complex that appeared when I was there to be mostly Somali immigrants. The front door to the Holmgren's house has a, you know, refugees welcome here sign on it. So that's kind of the way that he was raised. Uh, His mother, Sarah Harris, is a real estate executive who has worked in affordable housing in the Twin Cities for years. I would say that his dad, David, is kind of uh, CEO of Chet Inc., I would say right now. (laughs) So yeah, I mean, Chet was this very conspicuous white kid who really didn't care what anybody else looked like. He was going to these gyms and and obviously mostly black teams they're playing against, mostly black spectators. And they would look at, at Chet and be immediately skeptical. Like, who's this skinny kid? You know, skinny ass white boy, as they called him. And he enjoyed going in there and, and quietly showing everybody who he was and and what he would someday be. Well, that idea, Tim, the idea of him being the skinny ass white kid, the kid who is also in the eyes of a like actual credible basketball coach, Larry Suggs, a future number one pick now. This is the sort of prince who was promised dynamic that we've seen before on some level, isn't it? Where the comparison point for what you're doing is inevitably Larry Bird. Yeah, and and it's interesting you'd mention Larry Bird, Pablo, because uh, that was what Larry Suggs started telling people at the same time he thought he was going to be the number one pick, is he said, this is the best 
American-born white player since Larry Bird. Mm. And that's a lot, you know. It's a lot. <laughs> that is a lot uh, for a 14-year-old kid to to shoulder, you know, on those <laughs> those coat hanger shoulders. Yeah. You know, he started hearing this Larry Bird stuff when he was in middle school, and he said, I, I don't have a reaction to it, and I wouldn't say that's a role that needs to be filled. Nationality and race don't change the game. What changes the game is skill. And for a, you know, a 20-year-old a, a kid just being thrown into this world right now, I, I was impressed by that answer. I thought that was, you know, a, a pretty good indication of how he's handled this all along and how he has, you know, risen above it in a lot of ways. But when I hear that quote, Tim, I begin to think, okay, this is someone who wants to avoid race as a subject entirely. But what's extra fascinating about his story, as you report, is that he is living in downtown Minneapolis in May of 2020, right? Just after the murder of George Floyd, right when America and Minneapolis specifically is the epicenter for protests and outrage and a reckoning, as it's been known, with race that we have not really seen in this country. And what does Chet Holmgren do as all of that is going on? Well, Pablo, he takes to the streets, much to the chagrin of his parents and his basketball coaches and, and everyone else, they were not on board with it. They were concerned about his safety, obviously. And, and it was exacerbated by the fact that, as we've talked about, he's a very conspicuous young man. He's seven feet tall. He's known throughout this city and this area. But uh, he dressed in all black and he went out. He went out on the night of the riots and the protests that became riots. Hands up, don't shoot! Hands up. He lived in a house where they could smell the tear gas from their backyard. And so in his mind, there was no avoiding it. This came to him and he felt this obligation as a just turned 18 years old, the end of his junior year in high school, he felt he needed to be out there. For one thing, he said, I hoop with everyone in the city. So he feels a connection to all these different people that were out there. And he said, I just felt like I had to be out there. This is part of my community. And it's because I'm seven feet and everybody knows me that I needed to associate myself with trying to help and to inspire others to jump in and help. David Holmgren, when he was in high school, he grew up right near where George Floyd was killed. And he actually worked in that store, which became Cup Foods, which at one time was a drugstore. So mm. the family has some really deep roots in that community. And a lot of that went into, you know, 18-year-old Chet deciding to take to the streets. After the break what we've learned from the first steps Chet Holmgren has taken in the NBA. Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue, and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. 
Every season is hypnotic and tequila season. Hypnotic liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Delicious meat, nutritious. In the snack that packs a real protein punch, wonderful pistachios, one of the highest protein nuts out there. Each one ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. Trust me, I've been eating them like there's no tomorrow all week. Wonderful pistachios also come in a variety of flavors and sizes, perfect for enjoying with your family and friends or taking them with you on the go. And you, like me, are on the go a lot, taking the kids to school, hopping from meeting to meeting, shopping for groceries, whatever it may be. Well, the good news is not only are Wonderful Pistachios a complete protein providing all nine essential amino acids, they're also great for all your adventures. So whether you're a pistachio purist who loves cracking open every nut or you prefer the convenience of no-shells pistachios, Wonderful Pistachios has got you covered. Grab Wonderful Pistachios and elevate your snack game today. Visit WonderfulPistachios.com to learn more. So, Tim, what the Oklahoma City Thunder are doing is fascinating. They have a million picks. They have all these possibilities. And they take Chet Holmgren, number two overall in the draft last month making him a tentpole for the experiment that they're pursuing. And when we saw him on night one, as we started the show discussing, the Magic looked very dumb for not pairing Chet Holmgren with his old friend and old point guard, Jalen Suggs, who is their point guard now. They took Paolo Bancaro out of Duke, the most NBA-ready prospect in the draft, arguably, over Chet at number one overall. But since game one in Summer League, and again, it's Summer League. How would you say Chet Holmgren has looked? He was phenomenal in his first game. And then, you know, maybe Kenneth Lofton uh, Jr. sort of provided the blueprint for teams going forward. That's Kenny Lofton Jr., the undrafted Grizzlies big man who is big in different ways. He is 6'6", 280, kind of the opposite of a Chet Holmgren. He just went right at him in the second game bullied him around a little bit. Well, that's a great design. First play, you come out, you execute it well. There's that bully ball. Lofton has decided to play early. You know that was the game plan coming out. Use what you've got, big fella. Try to get Holmgren down in the paint and score. You know, Holmgren still had had a decent game, but it was it had a very different look than the first game in terms of how they approached him and, and how he responded. Ball down to the paint, runs it front court, ball batted down by Waters, the dish inside my, oh my, Holmgren with a quick dunk. He's going to have days like that where he's going to go up against guys that figure out a way to use their body against him, you know, and that's, that's kind of the one thing that is... Uh, unknown still and the magic looked like they took the known quantity right they they took the guy that that is probably going to be just fine right away yep um maybe a little fear of of what the downside of chet holmgren could be and i think that you know sam presti with with what he's working with in oklahoma city probably turned that around and said what's what's the upside of this you know and the upside is is so fantastically high that it's it's worth the risk and you know, I, I think after that that second game, there were probably some eyebrows raised about, okay, let's project what it's going to look like in, you know, in January going up against someone like, I don't know, Julius Randle or somebody who kind of has the sure. similar Joel Kenneth Joel Loft. Embiid. Of yeah. course, yeah. But I think that, 
the other side of it is he's still a seven foot guy that brings the ball up, dribbles between his legs and takes step back threes. You know, <laughs> I feel like there's so much there that is yet to be unearthed and uh, it'll happen in fits and starts, but it kind of feels like it's going to happen. Yeah, we're seeing how this wave of, we've called them aliens on this podcast, endearingly and hopefully not pejoratively, we've we've seen sort of the beginning of the next iteration of the big man seven-footer who can do everything, the future of the league, possibly. But it seems like Chet Holmgren, he sort of showed up also with something fully formed, Tim. And that's his approach to post-game interviews. <laughs> yes, Pablo, he, he has that down. He is... Uh... He is the ultimate team player when it comes to post-game interviews. He, uh, since he got to Gonzaga, he has refused to do them by himself and will only do them if uh, a teammate joins him. Man, just shout out to my teammates setting me up, uh, you know, talking to me, putting me in positions to be successful. Shout out this guy right here, uh, you know, double-double with assists, uh, you know, great night for him, and, uh, you know, that helped me a lot. You would only do this interview if we talked to one of your teammates, too, and I love that. You're already trying to be a team guy. Josh, what does that mean to have your number two pick looking out for you already? I know, man. It's tough. I mean, the hype that he came in with and the way he played tonight uh, was big for us. And, you know, being a high pick like that, there's a lot of pressure coming in, and he handled it as good as he could have. There's a share the wealth kind of thing going on with Chet there, too, and and it's uh, it's kind of funny to watch because uh, – you know, he's 20 years old and he's making these calls and that he's bringing his teammates in there and and playing off them. And, and uh, yeah, it's probably a pretty smart move on his part. Yeah, he has a very point guard philosophy in that way. He has a very everybody eats philosophy when it comes to media attention. And so as you watch this kid that you spent all of this time with, Tim, what are you going to be thinking about as Chet Holmgren makes his way through the future of basketball? Well, Pablo, I think I'm going to be fascinated by how this this experiment plays out because it has the feel of an experiment. Going forward, you look at, is this the game's evolution? Does it go from the Dirk Nowitzki to the Kevin Durant to now the Chet Holmgren? That's what I'm looking at. And I'm, I'm looking at a guy that really doesn't have an easy comparison. There's not this this group of people you can say, well, like he fits in around this. He's this right. utopian ideal, right? Of, <laughs> of positionless basketball. Yes. And I think that no matter how this turns out, it's going to be different and it's going to be entirely new and it's going to be fun. <laughs> Tim Kewen, thank you as always for joining us. Well, thank you, Pablo. It was fun. I'm Pablo Torre. This has been ESPN Daily, and I'll talk to you tomorrow.